0: Hey all you gals and guys, Grayson parker Marcotte here with the third episode of my new Number One Wednesday series. In this episode, we're covering 2012's Captain Marvel Number One by writer Kelly Sue DeConnick. This was a great episode for me because I knew precious little about Carol Danvers outside of the X-Men Rogue connection and her recent appearance in the MCU as portrayed by actor Brie Larson. Believe me when I say that Captain Marvel is fucking awesome, and I I know that now. I am joined in this installment by my longtime friend and really good guy, Chris Cholet. Chris is a huge Carol Danvers fan, and I'm thrilled to have an opportunity to catch up with him and, and talk this issue number one on this episode when I asked Chris if he wanted to, to join me on the show. Captain Marvel was, was his go-to pick for the topic of discussion, and I'm really, really glad that he chose that because it's a wonderful, wonderful book. I hope y'all enjoy it. Chris, are you there, sir?
1: Yep, I'm here.
0: Hey, man, how are you?
1: I'm doing all right, doing all right. You know, Sunday morning. Yeah,
0: Sunday morning. You had mentioned something uh, pre-recording about a hangover. How's that treating you? Uh,
1: it's just, it's, it's low level, it's low level. Yeah, okay. Survival. So going to be able to do,
0: yeah. All right, so we'll be able to make it through. All right, no, no, no vitamin C enema or anything like that. We're, we're good to go.
1: <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> okay,
0: well, I might have one uh, shortly after we get started here, but I'll I'll let you know. Um, Chris Cholet, he Chris, you you and I have been pals for God, uh, it's been a minute, and uh, I, I want to say that <laughs> I'm going to go with over
1: twenty years now. So you know.
0: Has it, oh wow, well, I yeah. really underestimated that one um so for that reason, I'm really glad to to have you here and uh this this that we're doing is for uh, at still at this point I'd say it's a relatively new thing, the number one Wednesdays where we discuss the first issue of just about any comic publisher does not matter, writer does not matter, title does not matter. we just talk about the first issue of a comic that we like um. And just kind of let the conversation go from there. And you chose uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick's first issue of the 2012 Captain Marvel. Yep. So why why Captain Marvel?
1: Uh, well, I'm going to basically say right now that I don't read a lot of comics. In that this Captain Marvel was probably the first comic that I had bought and read in close to 20 years. Okay. So... Yeah.
0: Well, I'd say you chose pretty well in that case. Yeah. So uh, when you crack this issue open, had you been aware of Carol's association or the planned association, I should say, with the Air Force? Because DeConic did something a little bit differently with this.
1: Um, I had. Th- OK, I'm going to preface this with I bought these comics because I loved the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. So I was aware of the Air Force thing in the movie. I didn't know if that carried over to the comics or not. Uh, and yeah, I found out later that it did, but in a different way.
0: Yeah, so I think you and I are probably kind of on par as far as where we came into this. Um, I've come to understand that it was what she did with Captain Marvel that was kind of used as the basis for the film. Um, Could be mistaken, but that seems to be my understanding, and I was also pretty thrilled to to come to understand that uh kelly sue DeConnick, she has a a background or or i should say her background her family background is u.s air force so a lot of the stuff that went into this is kind of firsthand experience as opposed to you know researched experience or manufactured experience and it really comes through in the pages of this comic which which i think is a testament to good writing
1: yeah and i've found out recently yet uh DeConic was a uh she was an air force brat so her parents were in the air force at least one of them so she was used to that lifestyle and everything else and that's that's what she grew up knowing so kind of explains yeah her the, the good bit of
0: that. Yeah, yeah her banter between uh or rather the banter between uh Captain America and her I thought felt pretty natural yeah. The Air Force and, and uh, the U.S. Army. It's, there seems to be kind of a friendly, sometimes not so friendly competition between the two.
1: Yeah, pretty much. There always is, always has been, because Air Force came from the Army, right? Like that's, the the Air Force was a branch of the Army until 47, so.
0: So you yourself, obviously, uh, have, having mentioned at the start of the episode, I'd asked if, if that had influenced your decision to pick up this book. Um, how has your experience in the Air Force kind of um, has it given you a greater appreciation for the character or are there things about the character that you are at odds with because of that
1: you know uh, I would kind of say that like I like uh, the aspects of Carol being uh, a flyer a pilot who kind of that she's big into competition and wants to be the best kind of thing but at the same time Uh, my personality doesn't really jive with the whole, like, I'm going to wear an Air Force logo t-shirt in my off time kind of stuff, you know, uh, the super moto, I don't roll that way. So I'd say that's kind of (laughs) at odds with my personality, but I can appreciate her, her viewpoint, I guess. I would say. Well, do you want to spend a little time
0: talking about the issue proper? I, I typically like to kind of start with with the number one. Uh, and as it's a number one, there isn't always a great deal to talk about as far as story is concerned. And a lot of times that's used as a springboard for further discussion. But if it's all right with you, I'd kind of like to just start with uh, with almost page one of uh, Captain Marvel yep. and go from there.
1: Okay, yep, that's fine.
0: So the story opens with like uh, the, the first the splash that we get in the beginning is the cover of uh, an edition of the Daily Bugle where the headline is Miss Marvel Unmasked, an exclusive with Earth's Mightiest Hero, which is a really cool way to start the issue. Uh, I know that um, several comics published by Marvel have used that device uh, to kind of introduce you to a story. And I think this is really cool because... All in one take, we get the idea that Captain Marvel is new, yet not so new. Uh, it's communicated to us that this is Miss Marvel um, and that the Miss Marvel outfit is actually being retired and will be auctioned off for charity. So it's the same person, just a, a new look and a new code name, which we kind of get into uh, in the first few pages here and seems to be kind of like the main basis for the story. So it opens up a double-page spread of Absorbing Man fighting Captain America and Captain Marvel, which is really cool, um, because Absorbing Man, he doesn't pop up very often in comics these days. And uh, I love the way that they demonstrate the teamwork and camaraderie between uh, Steve Rogers and Carol Danvers, um versus this well almost literally dumb as a rock uh character absorbing man.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I had no idea who Absorbing Man was when I read this. I they they, they I I'm going to say that when she except for that one blurb that she mentions his name, mm-hmm. all I remember them calling him is Creel uh and I had no idea who that was. But it I don't care. It kind of it serves as a uh uh, you know, and a good introduction. He's just a, yeah, like uh, he exists to serve a purpose and that is to introduce Carol as she is now.
0: Exactly. So it's, it's totally irrelevant. And that's the thing about these discussions too. Um, I know I've asked people in the past if they, if they wanted to join me on these and they say, Oh, I don't really know anything about comic books. I'm going to go ahead and dispel a rumor right now. I don't know shit about comic books. <laughs> um I know what I've read and you know sometimes you dig deeper when you find something you like and you know you absorb things through osmosis but yeah I I don't I don't know a lot about comics um you know I'm not that stereotypical person so so far I probably have been the least knowledgeable person in these conversations that I've had with people thus far so <laughs> don't feel bad about that at all um, but you are right. It doesn't matter who Absorbing Man is because you, your knowledge of that character is not remotely necessary to uh, to get this story moving for you. He does exactly what you said he did, and that is you're introduced to Captain Marvel as she is now, which is very important because the idea of who she is, uh, again, is like the central port, excuse me, central part of this story mm-hmm. Um they defeat Absorbing Man, and, of course, the media shows up and uh, is asking questions, and they're asking Captain America about his new ally, and he's just sort of like, oh, new? Oh, oh, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and uh, Carol doesn't, you know, she's just not hip to that. She doesn't know exactly uh, how to respond to, uh, to the idea that Steve apparently wants her to take the moniker Captain Marvel. Which, as we had mentioned before, she was known as Miss Marvel. Now, I, <laughs> we should probably take some time very quickly to kind of address Captain Marvel versus Miss Marvel, um, because there seems to still be a, a lot of confusion, and I'll admit, still being somewhat confused when it comes to Captain Marvel. And Miss Marvel. So, do you want to take this one away, or shall we kind of break this down step by step?
1: Well, my uh, knowledge of Miss Marvel is a bit limited. Uh, some of the guys that I play games with, they know her better than I do. Uh, I know her from Captain Marvel onwards, right? So, my right. understanding of Miss Marvel is basically just what I found looking up, like through the Marvel Wiki, you know, um, and. Yeah, she was basically the original Captain Marvel's what, sidekick? Something like that, yeah. Um and then when he died, she got his powers, essentially, through transference because of the psycho what's it machine? I can't remember what they called it. Uh
0: exactly, Marvel stuff. Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh and yeah,
0: Marvel superpower, gamma radiation, yep. what's it? Yep. Yep. Yeah, and, comic magic.
1: And he, uh, yeah. So he died. She got his powers. Um, but she, I thought that he died. I don't know. I thought he or thought that uh, she was, she had Miss Mar, she was power had powers as Miss Marvel a long time prior to that. But I don't know for sure because I don't. Again, I didn't read the Miss Marvel comics.
0: Yeah. You know. Well, from from what I from what I get or from what I understand, it is. I don't want to say intentionally confusing because I'm sure it wasn't intentional, but we had Captain Marvel, the character. Right. And then we had also Captain Marvel from DC, who people probably now know as Shazam. Yep. And basically, what had happened was for Marvel to keep using the name Captain Marvel, they had to, I think, they had to publish at least once a year a title with Captain Marvel. So, um, that kind of was a thing in and of itself but then like you had mentioned you had miss marvel who uh had gotten her powers and abilities um through her adventures um collecting that through some sort of radiation magic techno wizardry um so there's that right but then there was also this whole iteration of captain marvels throughout the years with miss marvel as carol danvers mm-hmm. retaining that moniker um so I think that this is like the, the first official upgrade from Marvel to give Carol Danvers the title Captain Marvel. Um, so then Miss Marvel, as as we knew her, uh, ceased to be with a new Miss Marvel. I think developing a year later, or her first appearance was a year later, and that's Kamala Khan, yep. which is the Miss Marvel that we have now, which is also extremely fucking cool, and will probably be uh, another episode, but. So yeah, it, the whole Miss Marvel Captain Marvel thing has been pretty confusing from from the jump, but I think that this 2012 issue is kind of like the first official Carol Danvers is Captain Marvel. Now that right. we've gotten that out of the way, let's you know move forward <laughs> with the yep. uh, move forward with the character.
1: Which is great. Yep, uh, yeah, and you can kind of tell that she came in. Uh, she had ideas for the character and she got to reboot this character that you know the if you look back at the ms marvel comics i mean they well, they may be good but mm-hmm. there are aspects of them that kind of drive me up the wall and you know i i'm a cis male like it's it drives me up the wall sure but that you can't draw a comic a female comic character without you know having her tits hanging out you know what I mean? Right. That infuriates me. Cause it's like, let her personality carry the comic, you know? Right. But, yeah, so Kelly deconic got to reboot the character from, you know, basically from scratch and determine where she wanted to go with it. And she took it in a direction that I, I like because mm-hmm. we don't have to see, you don't have to do the uh, the Rob Liefeld, uh, you know, butt sticking out kind of stupid shit to uh right. <laughs> you know the cur- the sp- spinal fractures kind of angles to get uh uh right. to get the character to be you know worthwhile but sure. yeah uh,
0: you, no you're you're right and when we decided that we wanted to do this I wondered how much of that conversation A was going to come up and B how much time should we spend focusing on that part of things since really we're talking about Captain Marvel, but I think that it's important. And I also think that it's intrinsic Uh, within the pages of Captain Marvel. You see that. Um, And one of the things that I thought was very interesting about it is that this character, and you see this through the conversations with Steve and the first part of the comic, and uh, and then as she's sparring with Spider-Man, which I think is just great. You know, oh, I, lo- she's I taking love that the bit. Time- yeah, because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Peter Parker, he's just he's there and he's classically Peter Parker, mm-hmm. without really without really contributing anything to the book. <laughs> he's he's there. He serves his purpose, but he's classically Peter Parker throughout, which I love. Yep. Um, but you know, we get the idea of this hero embracing. A new identity, which is interesting to me because as I'm reading through this and as I got closer to the end, it's funny to me because if you look at this as a comic and as Captain Marvel only as a character, there's nothing that is overtly female about it. Like you can basically, and I'm not taking anything away from comics writing, but you could replace this with a male character and it's the same story. Um, So to me, it's a very good example of how, you know, I don't want to say your average comic reader because I don't want to make a blanket statement like that, but I don't think it's unfair to say that the majority of people reading comics and buying comics are straight white men. And you can see now how that in itself is... Uh, exclusionary Um, and how the fact that you may have this knee-jerk response to a comic, which really all it's done is just swap the gender of the central protagonist Mm -hmm. and people are having a shit fit. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. To me, to me, it's just so clear because if you, if you, you know, replace your point of view, you know, with a female, or a person of color you can see how it it, you know if you have a a logical thinking mind i think you could see how that might feel to be on the other side of that when the majority of the heroes and the characters uh that are being portrayed in these books don't resemble you or represent you
1: yeah and that's something i wanted to uh, touch on a little bit too is uh it's me and some of my friends one of my one of my buddies is an author and he uh the books that he writes, uh, Marlo Khanna very good books, by the way. Uh, but we discussed the same thing, and it's like I think we've we we'd seen it somewhere before too. But uh, what is it, Lionheart? I can't remember the name of the new uh, Iron Man. Uh, oh, Iron Ironheart. Ironheart. Thank you. Duh. Yeah, Riri. Yeah, um, you know, is a female person of color, and mm-hmm. people lose their minds. It's like, okay, guys, you guys have had you know 90 years or 80 years of comics representing you as sure men and specifically white men why don't why don't you let everybody else have that uh hero to look up to mm-hmm. you know what i mean like you've had your characters throughout time you will never not have characters all over the place you know let other people feel represented too and have superheroes to look up to right but uh, yeah, yeah, well, it's easy for us to
0: say, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I, I like to think that I come from a more open minded yeah. place. Yeah. And and but even even so, you know, um, I have my own biases that mm-hmm. uh, that demonstrate themselves subconsciously and you have to be hyper vi- vigilant, excuse me, hyper vigilant now to kind of be aware of all these insidious things that, that do take place. And I say insidious, even though there's kind of a negative connotation to that word, but I think it's appropriate because, you know, there are things that you may be doing unconsciously that you're just not aware that you're doing, you know, the whole yep. like, but I'm a nice guy scenario. Yeah, you're actually-
1: Yeah, I, I definitely I definitely know what you're talking about. And, and some of it is like, for instance, growing up in the Deep South, you know, prejudice, mm-hmm. prejudices that were ingrained in you and you have to constantly fight against them and you, you know cause sure. you'll find that you, you'll feel that feeling or hear that thought in your head and you're like no that's lizard brain no you know what I mean <laughs> no lizard brain yeah. no <laughs> so right uh, but and yeah that's I guess not everybody can kinda do that fight against that I don't know or
0: want to that's I think uh, a major thing as well fair point
1: yep I I
0: think Chris, like, if we're being honest, if I would have read this, um, uh, maybe six years ago, seven years ago, something like that. If I would have picked this up and read it, I might have, I might, I might have even had that sort of response. I don't think nearly as aggressive or no. You know, um,
1: I don't think you've ever been the kind of person that's like, ah, oh, I'm gonna hate this just because it's a woman. You know, you've never been that right. kind of person. At, at <laughs> yeah, all. but I could dismiss it. <laughs> Right. I
0: could dismiss it. It doesn't, you know, and and that's the thing is that, uh, you know, not being uh, aggressive towards something is one thing, um, but being outright dismissive of something because of of something is is also an issue. And I think I yeah. probably would have. Um, it would have been very easy for me to do that. Uh, a good example, I think, would would be um, like when we had ultimate Spider-Man and Miles Morales became Spider-Man. I was like, that's not Spider-Man. That's not Peter Parker. I don't want to have anything to do with this. Right. Um, and that was the end of it. But then flash forward all these years later and oh my God, like the character of Miles Morales is so fucking cool and he didn't replace Peter Parker. <laughs> you know, Yeah. no one's asking you to give up your heroes to make room for new ones. Exactly. Um, but um. Uh, so yeah, it's it's pretty crazy and I'm I'm frustrated that that's even a conversation but again, it's easy for me to say that because um you know, it's easy for me to say that's stupid and then move on. Uh I don't have to deal with it consistently.
1: Well, and you said replace your heroes. I think that's one of the things that I remember reading like when people when Captain Marvel first got rebooted and Carol Danvers took up the title um People were upset because Captain Marvel was a man. Jesus, Captain Mar—you can't replace Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel is Captain Marvel. It's not Mrs. Captain Marvel. Like, <laughs> right. I don't know anyone, anyone. None of my friends who read comics who ever read any old Captain Marvel stuff. Right the, to the so point why do that we they were, a yeah, to the point that they were, you know, that, that they actually went out and bought the comics? or that they cared enough to be mad that Carol Danvers took the name. Like Mm -hmm. it was just a a manufactured anger because of a a woman taking over. Like that's to me, that's the way I read it, you know? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. I I back that 100%. And, uh, and so I, and for that reason, I feel like this was this first issue of Captain Marvel 2012, um, is incredibly important and I, and I say that because it's not only representative of all of those things that you just mentioned but and I may have uh, mentioned this to you before we started recording. I, you know I wanted to do this because it's something that you were interested in and, and, and wanted to do. but you know even now Captain Marvel after having seen the film and, and what have you I was like, hey that was really good. It's not necessarily my thing um, but still really good. Reading this, though, uh, having gone back in time a bit and picking up this first issue of Captain Marvel, I've got to say that I am incredibly impressed Um, and and will probably continue reading at least this run of Captain Marvel because um, I did not expect to enjoy it nearly as much as I did.
1: Yeah, it's the the Captain Marvel, if you go through and buy the volumes, the first few volumes, uh, like as long as Kelly Sue DeConnick is on it, it's... Really mm-hmm. good. Um, some of the other writers are okay, but you can tell that Kelly Sue DeConnick, she really, really cared for the character and cared where she took her. Um, sure. But, yeah. Well, she really,
0: she was uh, tasked with, with kind of rebirthing uh, yep. Carol Danvers as Captain Marvel, so it wasn't like she was given the job of just writing this issue and then moving on. Nope. This was kind of yep. her thing.
1: Yep, 100%. It's
0: definitely admirable. And I, I will continue reading it. Uh, let's jump back to, to the book itself. After she's introduced and after the sparring with Spider-Man and that sort of really uh, intimate kind of conversation with Steve Rogers about the difference between a name and an identity, which I thought was really cool. Um, she kind of retreats into herself blasts off into space <laughs> as yep. it were um, is literally reflecting <laughs> yes he <laughs> literally blasts off into space uh, uh, yeah and so she's reflecting on this and the difference between a name and an identity and she mentions um her hero helen cobb mm-hmm. who was a pilot and she says that Helen would have wanted her to punch holes in the sky, which I thought was a really cool line. And it's also where we get our um, higher, further, faster and uh, in, in that reflection, which I thought yep. was really cool. And it's in that moment when she, she reaches out, she has she's put the mask over herself and is punching holes in the sky, removes the mask and says, I'll take the damn name, which I thought was just an awesome way to end the arc of that book. Um, so as we go through the comic, uh, we're still following time in a linear fashion. I think she goes to see a friend that she had mentioned in the beginning of the book. She said she had to visit a sick friend. Mm -hmm. Uh, so she wakes up in the Upper west side and she's making coffee for this friend. Um, gosh, what is her name? Do you remember?
1: Uh, Tracy Burke, I think. Tracy Burke. Yeah. Yes.
0: Okay, so I'm not remotely familiar with who this person is or her relationship me Carol. either,
1: except for what I learned what I learned reading through after the Captain Marvel changeover. From my understanding, she's basically her like mentor, you know mm-hmm. uh and lifelong friend I don't know lifelong, but you know, but yeah, she's who Carol looks up to and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that there are people who may listen to this and may go you you idiots. It's clearly this person.
0: I'm sorry. (laughs) I I, I understand. (laughs) I'm sorry.
1: I'm ignorant to this character. uh, Vice what she's on here. You know, sure. That's, that's as far as I can go with that. I don't know much else about her other than, yeah, I'm in, I'm in the same position.
0: So I'm assuming. Yeah,
1: exactly. That's,
0: that's the, the most important takeaway. Um, And I'm reading this and I'm seeing, I'm, I'm, probing the the text and the dialogue and i'm trying to find something and maybe i'm just dense but all i'm seeing is that yes they they know one another they've known one another for a while there is um there is a closeness and a familiarity between them but the the mid-portion of this comic where this takes place serves as the springboard for another page from the daily bugle um which reads new captain marvel and he's a she which I thought was like a, a, a funny kind of way to represent yep. that as well. <laughs> Same. And um, and she shows it to Carol, or Carol thinks that she's uh, trying to show that to her specifically, but in reality it was um, an article to the side that was the uh, not the obituary, but uh, the announcement that, that her mentor, her, or rather her, her, uh, her hero, hero yep. um, Cobb, Helen Cobb, had died. So then you get kind of a flashback and I admit like once I read this a few times, it seemed to flow pretty well, but like the first time I read it, I was a little confused. And again, I do admit that I can be kind of dense at times when it comes to the flow of time in a comic, but that honestly, that's the only complaint that well, I have about this whole book is is that time
1: jump. Well, I think that and, it but would that's be, not a complaint. I think it would be less uh, confusing if it were like, it's, up in the top left and it's kind of hard to read the friendswood texas years ago like it's 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 very it's you know at that point you generally aren't gonna that's stuff you gloss over mentally you know what i mean so yeah it takes a second to realize okay we've gone back in time now and i get that they did the 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 coloring and everything else is designed to show that it's a flashback but Mm -hmm. yeah it takes a second
0: yeah there's a slight sort of sepia tinge there um And again, like I said, the third read through, it was all clear as day. And I could, you know, when you're creating something, there are all sorts of decisions that you have to make. And, you know, the ones that worked for everybody else, I might be the odd one out, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So just because it didn't necessarily work for me uh, doesn't mean that everybody else wasn't getting it. So we get this conversation between Helen Cobb and Carol Danvers when Carol's brother, Introduce the two of them, which I thought was really cool. Also, I want to Um, point out
1: that I, having read this comic, uh, read through most of the, pretty sure all of the Kelly Sue DeConnick years, and then some of the mm -hmm. other ones. Um, I'm sure it comes up in Miss Marvel. Again, don't have any, you know, awareness of that. Stevie Danvers only Mm -hmm. exists, as far as I'm concerned, in this bit of this book. I have never gotcha. seen him I anywhere else.
0: <laughs> okay. And that is interesting because that was the exact sort of thought that I had. I was like, Steve, who the fuck? All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I thought that that was really cool to kind of, to, to flash back to this moment uh, and then flash forward in time to, to where we're at with Carol. And, and her deciding that she was, in fact, going to be Captain Marvel. Um, so, and again, I find it hard to read this and appreciate it, but not also associate it with uh, with angry fanboys and Gate and all this kinds of bullshit. Um, oh, yeah. Because, you know, right here, when you're talking about a person, and I'm going to say a person... That has ambition, right, uh, and a desire to do something great. I'm going to say a person because it doesn't matter who you are um, in that instance. However, in this instance, it does. It, it is a woman, and uh, Cobb points out that when someone you know is looking at these types of women's me, women's, yeah. uh, <laughs> they say that you know uh, it was, uh, her her daddy was unkind or some fella broke her heart, and that's hogwash. And then you, she kind of goes on to describe people like them as uh, being a type of chosen people. Now, it's, it, it's important to make a distinction here as I'm reading this because I could see or I could hear like the knees hitting the bottom of desks, you know, right here in this moment. There, there's nothing that's saying that that's what makes you special or that's what makes you different and you're better than because she's she's making a distinction about her personality type right about the quiet withdrawn type of person who you know has their eye on you know going higher further and faster i know i didn't get the order right there but um so i'm I reading did. this and I, i'm did. just like i can i can see i'm like i'm picking up the fuel bit by bit of all the stuff that probably pissed people off <laughs> you know <laughs> and i'm just yeah. kind of like that's dumb.
1: Well, and, you know, <laughs> there, she mentions uh, some stuff like, yeah, Kelly Sue DeConnick comes out of the gate uh, with, you know, earlier in the book with Creel, like, I ain't taking, you know, you, you taking orders from mm-hmm. some broad, you know, like, you know, she's coming out of the gate, fists ready, and I get it, and that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then you go to this part, and she's like, uh, her hero, Helen Cobb, is like, I tested the same as, uh, at the same time as John Glenn, you looked that up, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. saying that they were right there with the boys in the space program, but, you know, they didn't get any notif- any recognition kind of thing. And that's, right. that's, you know, uh, people get upset. Uh, why does it have to be, because they had to prove twice as hard, you know, they have to work twice as hard to prove they're just as good. Like, come on. Right. Hey. You know, uh, because people just, they're, it comes up later with, uh, <laughs> Carol that she's always, you know, she's, I've always had to work harder to show that I'm just as good as the boys because that, sure. you know, and people get upset about that in the comic. And it's like, having been in the military and known female pilots and female aircrew and everything else, that mm-hmm. is exactly true. I deal with it, I've dealt with it throughout the years where I hear guys like, you know, it, when it comes to women, they're very disparaging, you know, even, and, it's oh if somebody's good at their job as a woman they're like oh well you know she's one of the good ones Get, mm, you know <laughs> i'm
0: sensing a little hostility there yeah
1: it gets it it drives me up the wall uh because there are so many women that do our jobs that do you know that fly aircraft and do that kind of thing but they still have to prove themselves prove that they are just as good as the boys because i don't know if it's just ingrained in our society or what but it's just people don't want to accept Uh, that women can do the same things and I right I have seen it for years yes they can I know women that are way better pilots than men that I know like it's mm, yep anyway (laughs) I'm
0: you know I'm glad that you you know you feel so strongly about this I'm glad that you appreciate it the way that you do um I, I think you know to be able to embrace that especially in terms of uh I just I love comics. So, you know, when it comes from a comic book or um, I don't want to say comes from a comic book, but when you relate or resonate with something that's in a comic book, it just makes it that much cooler to me because I fucking love comics. Um, And (laughs) I know that uh, that the things that you just mentioned, that was something that really carried over into uh, into the film. Captain yep. Marvel, which yep. I remember when that came out, that was just a shitstorm of Oh God. Uh yep. some of the stupidest shit I've ever read in my life. Yep. Um <laughs> but, well, and, but I definitely want to talk about that.
1: Yeah, as I'm, me and uh some of my veteran buddies, and these are the uh veterans that you know, they're they're not the um for lack of a better word, they're not chuds. Um, mm-hmm. even the open minded group of vets that we've got one of them was like, you know, I feel like the Captain Mar- Captain Marvel movie was a disservice to Captain Marvel because uh, stuff like the the girl power parts were forced and stuff like that. And, like, the part mm-hmm. with the, uh, the No Doubt fight scene. To me, right. I thought the No Doubt fight scene was awesome. And, by the way, it's the 90s. No Doubt is playing all over. Like, it's just right. that song is super, super popular at this point in time, you kind of have to hit movie viewers over the head with stuff. you know what I mean mm-hmm. and my point was you know a lot of people didn't like it because the song was very girl power uh but on the on on the other uh other hand, God damn it, who cares you know <laughs> uh, how right. many movies have uh you know big burly dudes fighting to edgy fight songs like right let the women yeah. have this one. You assholes. Yeah, and
0: more more to the point, I find that soundtracks and films are typically uh, just abhorrent. Um, especially films lately, we seem to feel this need to recreate '90s hits. In like, um, it, it's almost like everybody's trying to take the Marilyn Manson formula, um, because what he did with "Sweet Dreams" was just fucking mm-hmm. awesome. Yep, and it seems like. People today are trying to replicate that. They're like, "Oh, is enough time passed? Can we do that? Can we can we make a slower, edgier version yeah. of a song from my Just don't do it, guys. Don't do it. It's not good. Please stop. <laughs> uh, and it, and in the case of No Doubt, in uh, in Captain Marvel, it's cool because I happen to like No Doubt. So <laughs> right. <laughs> but that's, but that's well, just it, you know it, my personal attitude.
1: Well, you know that, and it wasn't a a, a it wasn't a cover of the song it was the actual no doubt song you know yes so that was good no that's a fair
0: point that's a fair point about it being popular in the 90s and this movie takes place in the 90s which um, i know i had discussed with you previously about that being really my only complaint about the film was some of the placement of the music but now that you say it that way it seems so Blatantly obvious that I don't know why I ever took issue with it. Uh, it's like, okay, it's that song in this movie set in the '90s when that song was huge. Yeah. <laughs> so, yep. like, it it's not complicated. Yeah. Um. And but, and uh, like I
1: said, you, you kind of some of those some stuff like that you have to beat people over the head with it, or they're not mm-hmm. gonna get the point. You know. So.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, I uh I I can say that uh, all all in all. The first issue of Captain Marvel by uh, Deconic is amazing. I love the way that it started. And once I was able to get my head around the time jump, uh, which again is, you know, the fault lies only with me there. And we got through that into the last few pages of the comic proper. Danvers is at the funeral of Cobb. And uh, once again, she she doesn't power her way uh, or blast off into space. It's almost as if she sort of gently ascends yep. uh with with her ashes and lets them go at the top of the world, which is just like the symbolism there. Oh God. Yep. It's it's so amazing. Um, mm-hmm. you know, taking her hero there to a place that she could have never gone herself. Yep. Um and and uh letting her ashes go into oh dude I I'm I've literally got chills right
1: now. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. It's so it's, cool.
0: It really is. Um, and that last that last shot of Carol, full masked, uh, with the you know with the energy glowing around her fists, so fucking rad. Yep. Uh, those of you listening to this episode, if you've not picked that up, if you've not read it, I very very strongly recommend you do so. Now, I know that you had some things that you wanted to say in regard to the Captain Marvel film. Uh, with Brie Larson, which we've discussed here and there throughout the uh, throughout the conversation, but I'm very curious uh, as to what you wanted to address or uh, discuss.
1: No, I mean we've we've kind of touched on most of it, but uh, like it's, uh, I get the problems that the movie has plot wise, you know, mm-hmm. um, and the movie itself is a little different from the Captain Marvel comics in that, yeah, in the comics Carol has. Kind of an identity crisis at the beginning because she doesn't know if she wants to be Captain Marvel or Miss Marvel, mm-hmm. uh, and then she finally makes a decision. But in the movie, she has a literal identity crisis because she doesn't know who she is. You know, it's it's a little bit of a different plot. Um, you know, it's not like the comics, but you know, I I love the movie despite all its flaws. Uh, you know, it's what made me read the comics.
0: Yeah, I've only seen it the one time.
1: Oh, I've watched it too many times. I, well, I I really want to go
0: back and, and watch it now. Um, but when I watched Captain Marvel, I wanted to go in as cold as possible um, because usually when something like this comes out, I try to read a little bit, acquaint myself, mostly because I'm an insecure fanboy and I don't want to be perceived as not knowing something right. um, because, you know, that's uh, how dare you. But, uh, or you're not a true fan. I love that shit. Oh my God. You're not a true, you can't appreciate this because you're not a true fan. Um, but uh, going into Captain Marvel, I wanted to be as ignorant as possible so that I could just enjoy the movie and I mean, not nitpick it.
1: I went in completely blind to having, no, I knew literally nothing about Captain Marvel when I went into that movie. I had not read any of the comics, you know, I didn't even really know that she was a character. Like when I, mm-hmm. when I read comics as a, you know as a teenager and stuff like that it was like Darkhawk and you know Spider-Man and stuff like that I didn't read Darkhawk. Yes. Deep cutting, Chris. Ah uh, dude, you know <laughs> I, when I I've gone back and looked at some of those comics and I just want to punch yeah. punch that kid in the head. Like Yeah, <laughs> you know, they're not good. He is, yeah. Look. I'll, it'll always I'll always have a soft spot for that comic series because when I was yeah. growing up I loved it god it's bad <laughs> yeah man. <laughs> that is the maximum
0: bet. carnage was that was like my really big uh maximum carnage and um age of apocalypse yes now, uh, age of say, apocalypse i
1: still love i have all those somewhere yeah. in storage yeah. oh dude
0: it's it's still pretty rad yeah um, eight, uh maximum carnage mm, not so much <laughs> but but those were the ones that really got me into comics yeah when i was a. Uh, I don't want to say an older kid, because I I joke now that the first comics I ever read uh, were, the first comic I ever read was Watchmen, and then a few issues of Alan Moore's Swamp Thing, um, Killing Joke, and The Dark Knight Returns. Those were the first comics I ever read, so the joke is that the bar was set so high for me when I was a youngster, I'm impossible to please now, which is totally (laughs) not true, but there is a big fucking difference between Maximum Carnage and, uh, and say, The Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I am with you on that. So, yeah, I, uh, I, I, and I think that's fine. I think it's fine to, to go into something uh, blind or with little yeah. knowledge about it. Uh, the idea that you have to be a true fan, quote-unquote, or the idea that you have to somehow possess this knowledge... Before you're allowed to appreciate something, I think they yeah, call the that gatekeeping. gatekeeping. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's yep. that's a big part of this whole issue that we've been talking about. Um, you know, specifically with comics and, and fandom. And I think it's shitty that I feel like I have to be a part of a, a club um, to be able to enjoy something. And 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 yeah. I'm a dude. Like I want I want <laughs> you know? I want
1: everyone to enjoy the things that they want to enjoy. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think Mm -hmm. we should be exclusionary. I think everybody should be able to have things that they love and nerd out over, you know, and have characters they look up to, you know, because, like, we had that growing up. Why can't everybody else? Let's let other people have these things that they love. They want to love and want to be, you know, and be a part of. And, yeah, I think gatekeeping is stupid. And if you Mm -hmm. are you know, holding that gate shut on somebody then just fuck you. (laughs) You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, Uh, exactly. Just fuck you.
1: Yep. Yeah. I went in completely blind to the Captain Marvel movie. My only, you know, saw the trailers and Brie Larson and a nine inch nails t-shirt. And I was like, "Um, yeah, exactly. Like you had me at the nine inch nails t-shirt. Like, (laughs) uh, and then I absolutely loved the movie. And, you know, part of it is, uh, like, my experiences in the military and stuff like that, in particular, the air force and rescue mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, I could identify with Carol in a lot of ways. And I was like, all right, I, I, I love this. Um, yeah. There are problems with the movie itself and, you know, the writing in certain areas uh, and the plot. Um, Cause it's all basically her journey as a, a character, but it's, she just sort of remembers all of a sudden, you know? So it's like, uh, mm-hmm. it's a little, the hero's journey is kind of not there, but like, right. like I said, there are problems with it, but I still, I stand Carol Danvers like hard especially yeah. that movie. Um, uh, now I can, I can definitely dig that
0: and I appreciate it. You know, feeling like you have to defend something that you love is uh, is not a good feeling. So yeah. I'm very, very much on board with that. Which is funny coming from me, because I always have to in I always have to interject Star Wars into something somewhere. Uh, <laughs> Whereas, <it's> like, <laughs> there's this notion that uh, that no one hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. But I, I, I never uh, I feel like I'm in a position where I have to defend something. I'm usually the uh, the attacker <laughs> when it comes to being critical of, of right. shitty writing. Right. Um, but, uh, but no, I get it. I mean, that's, that's where it's at. I mean, and you should be critical of, uh, of the things that you love. And that's why, you know, you saying that there are things to, uh, improve upon, you know, and, and, uh, and Captain Marvel does not detract from the fact that you love it or that you appreciate it. Right. Well, I think having moved through the comic and kind of weaving in and out of, of the film, uh, has been pretty revelatory. I think that we've covered some good ground and and I think that I like this character a lot more than I did before I read it. all right man well that 's about all we 've got for the show. I try to keep these a little bit shorter than the uh than their the, the monthly shows themselves. Um, so that's that is it for this edition of Number One Wednesday, man. I really appreciate you doing this, and I really appreciate you. Well, you didn't. I don't want to say twist my arm uh, to to read Captain Marvel. There was no twisting involved. It was a suggestion, and I was like, okay. <laughs> and but I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, man. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yes, sir.
0: Well, all right, Chris. Uh, I look forward to our next conversation, man. You take care of yourself. Uh, you too. That is Number One Wednesday, Episode 3 in the bag. I'm very grateful to Chris for joining me here, and y'all can look forward to him joining me again for my Star Wars episode on The Rise of Skywalker that is coming out at the end of this year. As far as the next episode of Number One Wednesday is concerned, Mr. Hollywood Steve Spratling is back, and we're talking Tom King's The Vision. Y'all take care.